This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. Damien Reed is taking a well-deserved break. I'm Andrew Hosey, sitting in for today. And we want to hear from you. We're going to be talking road trips. There's been a definitive guide of the best 10 road trips being published recently. We want to find out if you've been on any road trip, your highlights, and also, you know what's fun also, want to find out about the lowlights as well. Joined in the studio by automotive journalists, Imtishan Gado and Noel Ebden. Good morning. How are you both this morning? morning. Yeah, really good. Great. Yeah, all good. Good, good, good. So, uh, what have you been up to over the last week, Noel? Oh, um, I'm driving the uh, Cadillac XT4, which is the smallest uh, SUV they have on their range. So, think Escalade and then think the opposite. Okay. So, <laughs> you would think of these huge presidential things. Um, this is... Uh, Really, really small, um, nice little SUV. Really, really surprised. Two litre uh, turbocharged car. Uh, and it is really nice. I was, I'm pleasantly surprised. All right. It's, we'll find uh, out yeah. a little bit more about that in a while, yeah. won't we, in the programme. Uh, Imtishan, how are you? Great. I've been doing some actual hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Okay. A rare occasion that it actually happens. Um, <laughs> I've got all the details on the new Toyota Prado. Also known as the US, the Land Cruiser in the US is extremely confusing. But yeah, this is our new Prado. It looks amazing. I think people have seen pictures of it. It looks like a mixture between an FJ Cruiser and a tank and a Hummer. It's incredible. And this is the Prado, which was sort of the humble family wagon, which we completely reimagined. All new chassis. It's basically the same size as the Land Cruiser, just a little bit shorter. Uh, 2.4 turbo petrol, which is going to be nice, about 270-ish horsepower. So about the same engine, but less cylinders because the old one was a V6. And we are probably, not confirmed, but we're probably going to get a diesel. 2.8 turbo diesel, just like Europe. What? A I know, diesel? right? I know. They actually com- will import the diesel. The, it's d- a real- d- the, the dirty D, as they say. The yeah, dirty yeah. diesel. Um, it's expected to arrive here in Q1 next year, which if I read between the lines and look at the tea leaves, that probably means March 2024. Because people are marching into the showrooms right now and want them because they look so good. But you can't get them. Order books open next month. Expected price, and this is speculation, but it's pretty good speculation, is between 200 and 250,000 dirhams. So it's more expensive than the old Prado, but it's a lot more than the old car as well. I mean, you've seen what it looks like. Any thoughts? Mm. No? It's kind of in between the current Prado and the current Land Cruiser, isn't it? Well, funny of, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it kind of slots right in there. So price-wise, yeah, that makes sense. Land Cruiser got a lot more expensive. So this yes. had to rise to meet yeah. it. And I think something will slot in back. Maybe some sort of FJ, you know. They're talking about bringing 4Runner, Tacoma. The cool mm. Toyota is on fire with their little truck SUVs at the moment. Yep. And this Prado, I can't even get over people lusting after a Prado. It's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, they, they, they've, got, they've gone into that adventure market, haven't they? They're going after the uh, uh, where where many others have recently gone. You know, so they, well, you know. Land Rover, this yes. is basically <laughs> what you should have been doing. Um, yes. And clearly it isn't that hard to make a proper adventure car because the Defender is very good, but it's a lot more expensive. It's turned into a proper luxury car and it's quite expensive out here. It's anywhere between 300 and 600,000 dirhams mm. for a Defender, which is not exactly cheap and cheerful. Interesting thing in the US, and I don't think we'll get this out here. In the US, you get two choices of front ends. You get either round headlights or square headlights. Oh, so the first cars will have round headlights, limited editions, and the last will have... And all of these parts will be in Avira afterwards for sale with various copies. What? Why would you have two different front head- Okay, anyway. Because it's a special edition for the Frontier, because it's a member of Heritage Edition, and the rest of them will all be square headlights. Ah, I see. Right. Yeah. Okay. So right. they are, yeah. Makes sense? 
But I, I think it's cool that Toyota, the most milk toast manufacturer, is going out there and doing different <laughs> front ends. Like, what world are we living in? Absolutely, yeah. And the um, yeah, we're, and we're starting to see the pickups coming in as well, which is good because they've been coming in sort of secretly ever for a well. Tundra is still on the back burner, mm-hmm. but there's some in- really interesting stuff going on. For example, the manual Supra, which I drove, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, unlike the automatic Supra, which I didn't much care for that much, um, sold out till next year. Ooh, a so manual sold out. A manual in is the sold, region. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, you can't get a hold of them. It's and because we talk about it all the time. You see, exactly. people are listening we're, we're and buying manuals. We're stealing credit so. for it right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, who do you reckon this car is for then? Everybody. Everybody. Uh, everybody. I think the Prado is kind of across the board. It's for people who are big families and go to the malls. It's people who go out on the off road and it properly, properly. It's a proper off road car. And they'll be modified 16 ways to Sunday as soon as it leaves the showroom floor out here. So it's kind of class. It's like a Wrangler. Who's a Wrangler for? Frankly, everybody. Mm. So it's the same thing. It doesn't really speak to any particular person, which is what it's secret for success, mm. really. And Jeep, uh, Jeep have had that market for so long. And now you've got, you know, you've got Jeep, you've got Bronco, you've got this. The Wrangler's got, got a lot more expensive. Got, yes. All cars have got more expensive. Show yeah. me one that hasn't. So. I can't. No, exactly. <laughs> I can't. Exactly. <laughs> Talking about prices, what kind of range are we looking at for for this car? Then? 200, 250. Right. Yeah. Which is not cheap, but the old no. one was anywhere between 160 to 220. So it's gone up, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because the new cruiser is anywhere between, ooh, I'm going to be wrong on this one, in the early 200s all the way up to like 380, 390. So it just slots in under it. Mm. Yeah. Is that, I mean, it seems to me uh, fairly expensive. Uh, is that just me not having any clue about the market? Or? It's what they cost these days. If you yeah. want a family SUV that has off-road capability, yeah. But, anything. but there's always some curveballs out there. There's always some weird, some, not, I wouldn't say weird cars, but weirdly priced cars. Mm. Like the Terramont. For example, the, the Volkswagen Terramont is incredibly cheap car for what for a, How a much German. How going for? One hundred and oh, must be in the one sixties well, to one eighties. Yeah, yeah, however, there, yeah. however, yeah. the reason it does that is because made in America. Yes. Yeah. The Prado is built in Japan, and they roll off the line every ninety seconds. Yes. Yeah. But still, I mean, you know, regardless I think it's of good what, value. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you and you see Terramonts everywhere because yeah. people have, people don't want to pay two hundred and fifty thousand dirhams. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. But look at patrols. Patrols are three hundred thousand dirhams, full fat, anywhere between two hundred, and they are everywhere. If you can play this game with me, if you can go five seconds without seeing a Nissan Patrol. Yeah, <laughs> you will not. <laughs> yeah, Count to five, you will see a Nissan Patrol on the streets, yeah. even on the walking. To be honest with you, but yeah, yeah incredibly yeah. successful car. Mm. Got a text in from JC actually agreeing that uh, Terramont is great. It's called the Atlas in the US, apparently. Better name, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, where does Terramont come from, really? Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm guessing no, Terra is... Terra, land, mountain, Terramontan. So mountainous land? Yes, yeah, exactly. Something like that? Part of somewhere. But Terra, Atlas is a better yeah. name. It's yeah, market. It's better. Middle Eastern name. It's great. Go yeah. for it. Um, but with the Prado, uh, or land cruiser in the US, um, what about uh, getting around town, fuel economy-wise? Much better, because now it's a four-cylinder, so it's going to be way better on gas. The old one was a thirsty beast. They did sell a little four-cylinder engine, the 2.7. It was absolutely avoid at all costs kind of engine. Um, I know they sold a lot of them. I owned one, so I can say this. They're terrible. Um, but definitely, I don't think those engines are coming back. But they were basically a fuel economy special. But the new one will have all the advantages of the big engine, none of the disadvantages. It'll have the same power, but it'll have great fuel economy. Mm. 
it'll be lighter and easier to drive because it's a four cylinder. Well, it's it's like the um, the little Cadillac I've got at the moment. I mean, it's a four cylinder. Do you want more power? I don't think it's, so. No, it's it's really quick car. I mean, it's it's as quick as you need any car to be. Like on a on a on a, pra- on a practicality level, you don't need anything else. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, just to sum up then, uh, what kind of prices are we looking at for this? 250 comes out March 2024. All right. So we're reckoning that, uh, you, as you said, uh, March, you reckon that uh, we're going to start seeing them. A pretty good guess that it's going to be March. <laughs> uh, you've got some insider info there. Well, I, can, I can't yeah. say. But I have a lot more information, but we'll dribble that out over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, definitely more stories to it related. Excellent. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. Imtashan, you've also been driving the new Chevrolet Corvette Stingray. Can you well, tell us more? It's not the newest car, but I have been on my list for a while. And I finally got around to doing it. Uh, it's not the convertible, it's just the basic one. I just wanted to see what it's like because I've never actually driven the new mid-engine Corvette. Um, fabulous looking thing. Absolutely incredible to look at. I think they nailed the design. It's got slightly larger at the back because it has to accommodate golf clubs because that's a US thing. So the back is the only part that doesn't really work for me because it's massive. Otherwise, the car looks great. It's like a baby Ferrari. Tons of storage. What I remember about this car is it is so practical. There is so much space to keep your stuff in a sports car or a mid-engine supercar that I'm like, somebody actually plans to use this. It's not like a Ferrari where you're like, okay, where do I put my wallet? This thing is just pockets everywhere. The AC is unbelievably good for these conditions. It is just freezing cold off the winds. Suspension, it has this electronic diff. So when you wake up in the morning and you take it for a drive and the tires are cold, it will rotate quite aggressively till the tires get warm. So it is keeps you on your toes, which makes it fun in my book. But even the road, for a Corvette, it rides like a Cadillac. I bet you it rides as good as Noel's uh, Cadillac. The downsides are few. Obviously, the whole rotating when cold is a little bit antisocial, so don't do that. Uh, I don't recommend it. It could be louder for a Corvette with a V8 engine and throwback and all that. It's actually not that loud. So I would think about putting an exhaust on it, but that's illegal, so don't do that. And also, it's got sporty suspension as a button that you just press like all these cars. Don't do that. It makes it too stiff. It's for the racetrack only. When you do go to the autodrome, which you should, because this is the kind of car that enjoys it, you probably need that suspension. On the road, we'll never use it. Other than that, I thought, top marks. What a good job. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, (laughs) How do you enter that? I I don't really have much more to say about, well, I can go through the normal questions, like uh, how much would it cost to get one? Oh, that's a good question. It's expensive. It's 300 to 600 because basically there's also the Z06 version which has come out. So that is the very, very fast version I'm trying to get my hands on. But even the base Corvette, such a good car. It makes Ferrari seem overpriced, which they are, but they're also really good. So, you, yeah, what can you say? Nobody, right. nobody cross shops a Corvette and a Ferrari. All right, let's True. cross over to you, Noel. Now you have been driving the Cadillac XT4. Yes, yeah. Um, just as I said earlier, I mean, just really surprised actually. Um, really good, um, ideal for a family, um, small family. Um, obviously, if you've got a couple of kids, you probably want to go on go up the up the range uh, size wise. But yeah, one hundred sixty thousand dirhams for a um, for a for a really fully loaded. Cadillac is, I mean, 13 speakers, um, Bose uh, speaker system. Uh, It's got the the OnStar system as well, which means you can connect up to seven devices in the car. Amazing. I don't, I don't right. even, I don't even Why? own seven devices. Yeah. I'm not quite sure <laughs> yeah. how I could connect that many devices. But, um, but yeah, um, it, I love the design. It's a really cool, nicely done design. Um, drives really nice. Good suspension. It's a little bit 
clattery over speed bumps, uh, but I, I, I find American SUVs tend to be like that. Mm. Um, but uh, on the road, really, really nice, and it's quick. Two liter, uh, two liter turbo, and it, as, as I said earlier, it's as quick as you need a car like that to be. Um, I would, um, I would definitely recommend it if you're in that market for a family sort of run around school school run car yeah. um it's the sort of thing that perhaps you wouldn't be on your radar you'd be thinking something japanese you might be thinking you know uh, something european but i'd definitely get down to the uh, cadillac showroom and have a look it's uh, it's very nice so this is in its uh, sixth year now though isn't it uh, has this has it got a, an upgrade style wise this year uh not that i'm aware of i mean it's um it, it still looks right on the button design wise and i think it's been helped by other manufacturers kind of following that same trend cadillac's always been a bit kind of ahead with its design language um and uh, yeah i mean uh, there's it do, the interesting thing about it is it doesn't have a bad angle most cars have a an angle somewhere where mm. you go mm, not quite sure about it from that but it just it looks really good from from every angle i've so really got, enjoyed it it's yeah. got a nice aesthetic to it it does yeah yeah i mean look it could do with a bigger boot if you had um, if you had a couple of kids and you and you go and shopping it could do with being a bit bigger but the whole point of you know all these cars is they have they have a range if you need the bigger car buy the bigger one you know move up the range so so uh, a big thumbs up from you for the yep. cadillac xt4 yeah yeah i yeah, really liked it can i quickly ask how's the stereo Uh, really good, yeah, really, really. That's good. That's a big deal breaker for me in a car. The stereo is everything else is great, but the stereo isn't. So it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is really good. Yeah, and it's um, uh, you know it's all intuitive, very easy to use as well. So uh, yeah, and it's one of those cars. I, 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 you know, sometimes when when you borrow cars, you jump in it, and it's not. Yeah, it takes you half an hour to get used to it. I'm within. By the end of my street, it was like, yeah, okay, right, it's fine. I, I own this car. This is fine. <laughs> it feels like home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful. Right. We're going to turn our attention now to summer road trips. We asked you both earlier on what your favorite road trip tune in the show. You came up with an interesting one. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you chose this little bit of the song we're about to hear? I didn't realize it's going to be a backstory section. Um, the, re- <laughs> the reason is very simple. It reminds me of Led Zeppelin, but it's not Led Zeppelin. I think everybody wants to play Led Zeppelin, but this is the modern version. Greta Van Fleet, young young band. They basically crank out throwback tunes, and Highway Tune is an excellent start of road trip song. As you roar out of your driveway, sensibly, carefully, this is the song that gets you in the mood. All right. Definitely got a Led Zepp vibe, yeah. doesn't it? This yeah. is Greta Van Fleet with Highway Tune. Bring us nicely to the topic of road trips. Now, carmats.co.uk, they've studied the world's most iconic highway destinations. They've created a list of the best road trips across the globe. Uh, to create the rankings, this is what they looked at, right? Mm. They looked at stuff like the average temperature in the summer, the mm-hmm. rainfall per year, sunlight hours, light pollution, and national parks. And they also considered how many days it takes to drive the length of the road. Now, no, Nimthi, do you agree with those parameters or is there other stuff that you would say should be considered in what makes a great road trip? I think they've completely missed the point. 
a how do you how do you mean a data driven road yeah. trip? Yeah, yeah. yeah. data driven road trip is ex- exactly at the interchange hit hit the nail on the head. What, that is totally the opposite of a good road trip. Naz said earlier on uh, that the best road trip was that he did was the one that he didn't plan. Yes, right? that's true. And weather weather plays a massive part. If the weather keeps changing, it makes it more interesting. If you go, oh, I'm only going up that road if the weather's good and the sunlight's in the right position, and I mean, then you think you're you're totally on the wrong path. Mm. Uh, yeah, I also think uh, landscape might be mm. quite an important yep. thing to consider when uh, thinking about where you want to go and yep. also where you want to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so going back to what they have said, then they have said that. Uh, the Savannah Way between Queensland and Western Australia is the best road trip in the world. It's because right. it has 15 national parks en route, a daily cost they worked out of around about 180 dirhams to rent a car, and an average summer temperature of 25.4 Celsius, which, of course, is very important when you're in an air-conditioned car. <laughs> you could easily spend a month making your way along the 3,700-kilometre drive, they say. So, according to their parameters, that's the best road trip in the world. They say the second one is the Grand Circle in the southwest of the United States, offering travellers views of valleys, canyons, and 10 national parks. So, there we are. That seems more in to what I would say is a good road trip, mm. offering good views. Valleys, canyons, great natural, spectacular landscapes. Mm. Uh, that's a 1,500-kilometre a journey. They said that would take around two to three weeks. And the third one is the infamous Route 66, although it has been decertified, of course. But uh, they're basically saying the stretch between Chicago to Santa Monica in the US. Route 66, they came in third. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. It is Motormania with myself, Andrew Hosey, in for Damien Reed. Got uh, Zina and Isa in the production booth, keeping things ticking over as well. And I've got a studio full of people. We can actually field a five-side football team we now. We could, couldn't we? Yeah. We've got... <laughs> bring we've a ball got, in next yes, time. Yes, we've got yeah. Noel, we've got Imtishan, we've got Darren, and we've got Tom. Darren Maskell and Tom Wood, you are from Urban Automotive in Dubai. Thank you very much for joining us in the Thank studio you. today. Good morning. Great name as well, Urban Urban Automotive. We'll talk. We're going to talk about that in a moment. We're in the middle of talking about road trips. Mm. I want to find out favorite road trips. Noel, Mm. what have you been on? So many years ago, and Imtishan will now groan because I've told him this story about 300 times, but uh, when the LR3, Discovery 3 came out, um, Land Rover very nicely took me to the Andes. And we drove the highest road in the Andes got to 4,900 metres, which is the highest point, and then we off-roaded and went to 5,400 metres, which is Everest Base Camp. Wow. And it was, that was an epic That's trip. incredible. That was 10 days in the Andes. That was, that was when manufacturers did big trips. Not, yeah. not having a go at manufacturers, but they don't do those anymore. Well, so I am, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> different, different world nowadays, yeah, isn't it, indeed? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, mine. Uh, I mm. went from Cape Town to Durban. That was uh, a highlight. That yeah. was including the garden route. Lovely, inclu- yeah. Including that. Some major highlights on that. We've got the Kango Caves in there. We've got uh, Storms River, the highest uh, bungee jump bridge mm. in the world, I believe, included. Um, 
also from Cape Town, you head down to the southernmost point in Africa as well. Yep. That's uh, Cape Agulhas. Yep, yep. And then uh, once you get past the garden route, on to Durban and uh, all the wonderful surfing vibes in mm. Durban. So that was great fun. Um, Imthashan, you've got one for us? Yeah, definitely. I think I keep it more local. Um, Salala, which is actually now the perfect time of year to head down to the Salala in Oman. It's about 3,000 kilometers long trip, so bring some tunes and a good book, but don't do that while driving. Um, <laughs> Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Thousand kilometer road, dead straight to get there. But once you get there, it is basically like Scotland in the Highlands in the Middle East. It's wow. absolutely bizarre. But once you get there, unbelievable scenery, mm. mountains, coastal roads, just great fun. There's a lot to see there in Salala as well. Lots of uh, tourist attractions as well, isn't there? There's oh, I, I usually go down there once every year. This is the time of year, it's Karif season, so monsoon hits. So you go from 50 degrees to 20, 22 degrees mm. in the space of about five minutes. And it is just magical. It's misty. It's foggy. All the things that people in the UK not no doubt don't want, but it is exceptionally pleasant. And you go over there; it's just full of Dubai number plates. That's the right, whole yeah. little the whole city is taking over people from the UAE <laughs> who are coming out there and booking out the hotels. But there's so much to see. You can just sit. I, I would my favorite thing is just take a deck chair, sit on a cliff, and watch the waves crash against it for like hours. It's incredible. It's very deep. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's me in a nutshell, isn't it? Yes. I love the way that you included a safety first message in there as well. We'd love to hear about your road trips, highlights and lowlights, faves or disasters. This is after uh, a survey, carmats.co.uk. Actually, not a survey. Carmats.co.uk. They listed the most iconic road trips. They based their um, ideas and their rankings on destinations average temperature in summer rainfall per year sunlight hours light pollution and national parks seems some very odd parameters mm. to choose your road trip surely right. you'd you'd kind of do your research first decide what you'd want to see do you want to do landscapes do you want to just have the open mm. road that kind of thing but i've also missed the key element of a road trip is who's in the car with you oh that's a very good point <laughs> you could have <laughs> the best drive with the worst person or the a, a terrible drive with a great person Tell you what, the, the, the road trip I was doing in South Africa, I didn't know the people that I was in the car with. Ah. It was one of those things um, where it was basically decided. This was when in my gap year, ah. you know. Ah, and, uh, nice. in the, it was by choice. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> it was uh, in the youth hostel in Cape Town, and I was very naive and didn't really know about uh, sort of making my own way mm. on in places. And these people said, "Oh, we're actually going to be hiring a car and heading up to Durban," and I knew. I needed to get to Durban. Mm. So they said, do you want to join us? And I thought, well, that would be the safest and easiest way to get there. Um, so so went for it. Well, yeah. It's very, it's very 60s sort of Americana hippie vibe. Though, kind isn't it? of, yeah. 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 Cool. And then we just kind of gelled along the way. Uh, one of those kind of hippie vibes. <laughs> Tom Wood from Urban Automotive. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, what would you say is one of your best road trip options? Well, it's just interesting when you said about when manufacturers used to do some fantastic trips and journeys. Mm. Um, been in the motor trade for over 20 years. I've uh, been to Germany with BMW, but the one that really stood out was when uh, Mercedes brought out the E-Class, which is probably 20 years ago. Mm. Um, Mercedes took everybody to um, Mallorca. You know, oh, these great road roads. trips around oh, the hills, yeah, yeah. three or four days, flights. I mean, the cost was obviously excessive, but mm. that that one really, really stood out just for the whole experience with the brand, you know. Mm. Um 
over in uh, over in Germany again with with BMW. Not so much as a road trip, but definitely the the Mercedes one with uh, in Mallorca because of the roads. You know the kind of experience, yep. and that was when the brand really changed from an old shape into the new mm. you know E class um, saloon and, and coupe. There's a there's a great road in Mallorca. I did a because um, I review bikes as well. I did a KTM launch in Mallorca, and there's a road that just goes to a lighthouse. And it doesn't go anywhere else. When it gets to the lighthouse, that's it. And then you turn around and you come back again. Oh, and, the, right. and the road's full of people. And it's the, one of the, yes, and it literally the, just follows the cliffs all the way. Canada. That's it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's incredible. If, you, if you're in Mallorca, hire a car. doesn't matter what it is. Because you won't go that fast anyway because there's so much traffic. But uh, yeah, amazing awesome. roads. Amazing yeah. roads. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. We've got a text in on 4001. And I think this trumps all of our options oh, yeah okay. i mean this is just the ultimate road trip i think i think it takes in everything so it takes in excitement it takes in danger it takes in risk and it takes in scenery sounds like a movie script it is dubai to Sharjah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you whoever well sent in that text what time of day uh, yeah any time of day you get a different experience depending <laughs> on on what time you decide you want to go but yeah, it, yeah i mean you do get the scenery well everything's a road trip isn't it you get Absolutely. A car, it's what you make it isn't it i mean my road trip uh, to here today mm. didn't really have much going on you no. know a couple of traffic lights but it was still a road but trip but if exactly. you had gone via charger yeah. <laughs> it would have been a lot more exciting <laughs> uh right we are here to talk uh, urban automotive now. Uh, Tom Wood, who just uh, met, and Darren Maskell. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us in the studio today. How are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? Very good. So tell us a little bit about your background, the urban automotive background. Yeah, so we obviously have the opportunity within the UAE to represent urban a uh, company which is was formulated back in 2013 um, really generated a lot more traction from 2014 as a, a vehicle modifier. Um, originally starting with the Defender, Old Shape Defender. Um, and as obviously the brand's kind of grown, especially in the UK, within very much you know celebrities, sports status, footballers, those kind of things to give a, a present to, presence of the brand, it's obviously grown and grown and grown. Um, Currently, obviously, with with the models at the moment, the Defender, and I heard you talking about the Defender earlier. You know, price points. Um, it's a, it's it's almost taken over over here. You know, as far as traditionally, you probably see a lot of Nissan Patrols, G wagons, mm. but the Defenders, the, one you can't really get them, um, and and two, there's obviously uh, a desire and a, and a waiting list to get them into the market. So. Um, Urban are not a you know a, a modification specialist of engines. It is um, for for parts um, to enhance the look of a an OEM plus look. So not to kind of make things really really gary where you know it's almost a it's, it's a wow factor to the point of things that are done very very subtly but very very you know a, a classic enhancement to a, to a car. Um, so yeah, it's exciting times for us. We've certainly. Uh, Ramping things up to 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 more of awareness um, because obviously there's there's already manufacturers over here that that do vehicle modifications. You mm. know, um, as as we all know with 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 uh, Mansouri and Brabus and things like that. So we're just trying to take a piece of the market share and and, and represent something that we're very very passionate about. And it's big here as well, isn't it? Mm. I mean, everyone, you know, this is this is a very strange market because there's so many high end vehicles. But everyone, if you got a high end vehicle and you spent a load of money. And then you pull up with the traffic lights and there's another one exactly the same next to you. You mm. kind of go, eh, you know, what, what can I do to my car to make yeah. it different? You there's know? always, and, there's always yeah. something you can do. There's always something new coming out. There's always something that obviously to make you kind of stand out from the crowd, exactly. which is yeah, the yeah. kind of the, the presence that we're, we're showing. 
Um, traditionally, obviously, with, with certain vehicles, it's always very much same, same, same. Um, but really with urban, especially in the UK, and how they've kind of developed through staying with that kind of neutral brand, mm. but almost now with... Um, you know the BMW XM. They'll be looking at doing something like that. They've just launched the the Aorus kit. There's mm -hmm. the new, obviously, Range Rover Sport. The I keep calling it Vogue, as I know it, but you know the mm -hmm. big Range Rover, which is going to be coming in the next two to three months. Mm -hmm. You know the Ineos Grenadier. There'll be a kit ah, really? for that, which is probably going to be in six months' time. So, from being maybe starting off with the Defender, mm -hmm. it's now going to the point where it's kind of there's always an opportunity of being different to kind of stand out and mm -hmm. and, and offer something to the market. Fantastic. Yeah. There is a lot of rules and regulations here, isn't there, about what can and cannot be done. So how does everything fit in to that? Well, like I just mentioned, with, with, with Urban, it's not necessarily to increase a horsepower of a, of a car or make an, an exhaust system which is too loud for the streets. Mm. It is, you know, um, wheels, front and rear bumpers, headlights, um, side skirts, side vents, roof bonnet vents, interiors with, with different seats. Um, so as far as obviously um, in the UK, rules are very, very different. Rules are different throughout Europe. I was talking to somebody yesterday. Rules are very, very different within Germany, mm. which are probably more in line with what, what happens over here, mm. um, certainly with ex exhaust systems. Um, but obviously with, within the rules and regulations of everything that urban automotive um, and the products that we, we represent, there's there's no restrictions as far as adding these parts of the car. It's the car. traditionally cosmetic, isn't it? Cosmetic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 100%. yeah. And so you're not changing anything fundamentally no. to no. the vehicle, right? No. Okay. So have you noticed any anything that's particularly in fashion at the moment, or any trends that have come in over the last few months or so? Well, I think I mean, like I just mentioned with with the Defender, there's a there's a huge trend for that vehicle. There's mm. a huge trend for Mercedes G wagon. You know, um, I think with, with anything, it's always about having that new car on the road. You can't get them quick enough. You know, my background in the UK was BMW. As soon as something new came out, it was, I want one now. It's, it's always been the case, whether it's a, a new pair of trainers or a watch or, a, you know, a, a new property. Um, people want what they almost sometimes can't get. And and that general trend is almost to to, to put something onto a, onto a vehicle Um and they all, you know, sell like hotcakes as such. So whether, you know, a new wheel or... But I think with, with, with the urban side of things, it's more... A, there's a general trend of kind of being the next thing that would stick out on the mm. roads, you know, a different colour. It's, so it's almost step two, isn't it? Step yeah. one is get the car that is difficult to get, if that makes sense. Yep. And then step two is, right, now I've got it, and, and a few other people have. Now how do I make mine different to this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, that, and that's the big thing, you know, and I don't think people necessarily are particularly bothered about I think certainly over here, everyone sees it. It's not necessarily about I'm the quickest, mm. yeah. you know, because of restrictions on the road and safety and those kind of things. But it is just that standing out of a, of a subtle modification where if you know, you know. Mm. You know, if you know that car's got a certain interior, if you know that car's a certain colour, if you know that car's very exclusive, it's the same with motorbikes, it's the same with anything on, on that kind of same agenda. Mm. I mean, I'm going to ask a question here, which is almost like uh, how long is a piece of string? But when it kind comes to the kind of costs involved when modifying or upgrading, say, what kind of money are people apparently willing to pay? Well, so, I mean, certainly with with the brands that are represented over here at the moment or traditionally been over here for many, many years, the cost aspect of an urban automotive kit, whether it's a, a supply or a full install, is considerably 
taking into account how the parts are built. So the parts in the UK are everything's hand built. Yeah. Different levels of of, um, of carbon trims, different levels of um, you know an interior package, starting from anything for a set of wheels from you know circa ten thousand dirhams upwards. Um, the, in the UK, they recently commissioned a, uh, a Cullinan uh, in America for Scott Disick. Mm. You know, the, the cost of that kit would probably circa be maybe upwards of 300,000 dirham. But mm. we're talking about, a, you know, a very, very expensive car. It's not, relative, isn't it? It's very, very relative, yeah. of course. And it's not necessarily all about putting um, a full kit on a car because of cost aspects. You know, you don't have to not purchase just a set of wheels. You know, some people like something, a little bit of something on something to stand out. Some people like a little bit of everything. To, so, you know, it's, there's no limits to what we can and can't offer. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. It's Andrew Hosey in for Damien Reid on Motor Mania on Dubai Eye. Been talking road trips. Got a text in from Jasmine. Me and my boyfriend last April went on a road trip from Orlando to Key West via Miami with a V8 Dodge Challenger. The challenge was to pass through a tornado. Ooh. Whilst on the road trip, the road to from Miami to Key West was sensational, apart from that little tornado. I'm guessing didn't really help matters, but uh, sound, I, sounds like a fa- fabulous road but, trip. But that made the trip, right? Yeah. That's it's, what I was saying earlier. That's what misses the point with this whole thing of this is the list it has to have, right? It's, yeah. So it's about the curveballs that are thrown at you on a, on, a, on a drive. I mean, that brings it down to surgical level, doesn't it? That yeah. list of yeah, here's exactly. the top 10 and this is how it is. And we've based it on the fact that it's quite warm there mm. at that time of year. My, 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 my takeaway from that is the point 11 on that list of 10 should be ignore the last 10 things so (laughs) (laughs) Ah, fair enough basically it's all about experience everyone's going to have a good road trip if it's a good experience and also if there's something that uh, might be a challenge like driving through a tornado perhaps yes Uh, we're also talking to urban automotive got darren maskell and tom wood in the studio we were talking about uh, modifying and upgrading cars here and the kind of prices that people are paying for that and uh, tom let's get back to more of the average kind of thing what do most people want done to their car when they come to see you um subtle changes you know it's not necessarily always about the full kit or a full exposure. You know, we, we, we work with very closely with very, very good companies who can also, you know, PPF a vehicle or, you know, a wrap of a particular colour. Um, so it's not, that is not our area of expertise, but we, we can obviously recommend and, and help our customers to, to, you know, add further parts of the car. But, you know, a whether it's a side vent on a vehicle or a, a you know a, a, a bonnet vent or some daytime running lights, you know it, it's it's as the subtle changes which people want to stand out because that urban automotive product is is very much an up and coming brand. So it's just their little piece of that on the car. So it could be anything as small as you say, as a like literally just a couple of side vents or a bonnet vent mm. up to a full everything yeah. front to back, front to back yeah, rear yeah. spoiler, uh, rear wheel cover, um, you know wheels, side vents, side steps. Yeah, it's. Wow. Can I ask, do customers come in knowing what they want, or do you have to guide them to the process? I've, I've always said this, and, and I think it's something when certainly from being in the motor industry that information now is so easy accessible you know through a good website or or talking with friends or or information a lot of people 
do know what they want before they come in. They've done the they've done the research. They know the market. They know obviously um, prices because obviously, like you've said. But yeah, I would say definitely people do know um, what they want. Okay, and is there a big difference in what you're seeing between sort of European tastes, where you're typically based urban automotive, and Middle Eastern taste? Is there a big difference in what people want? I think when when something is is so prominent as the Defender at the moment, you know, it, it it's it goes anywhere within Europe or America, um, especially you know, certainly in, in the Middle East. I think there are certain brands which within Europe are a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. You know. From my experience within the UK, BMW is obviously a very popular brand within within Europe. BMW not so, as popular, in my opinion, over here compared to you know other manufacturers. Um, it's that just a general trend? But I think within within the the um, the market that we run in, you know the uh, cars which are obviously available with the kits and the modifications. It's very much want, want, want. You know, within, within but what are the customers asking for in terms of styles? Like, is there customers out there they all want like red wheels or in UK it's gold wheels? Like, what's the differences? No, I mean, I think, I think more with the wheels traditionally. I mean, I think silver wheels are coming back in now. I mean, really? When I, when I started selling oh cars, gosh, everything was silver. Really? And then you've got different colours of matte greys and blacks and, you know, those kind of things. Um, urban traditionally, the wheels are, 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 are black gloss. Um there is more of a trend, uh, certainly within the UK, of that kind of, well, let's go silver. Mm. You know, the wheels look bigger, fill the arches more. So um, I think when it goes to really, really extreme colours, not necessarily our market because people can wrap those colours in the bright reds or the blues or the greens and mm-hmm. you know, pass that on to the, the specialists in that area. By the way, very quick question. How long do those wraps last? Because people keep asking me this and I have no idea. A friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, had a, an RS4 event. Nice. He put a wrap on the car. He left it out when he went to Singapore for about two months, came back and it was peeling off. But then at the same time, I've seen people driving from Dubai to Sharjah, you know, and and they've had the same wrap on the cars for years. So I think it's the quality of how they put it on. You know, there's there's some very, very good places out there. um, And I think it just comes down to the quality and the time and the precision of of putting that, you know, the wrap onto the vehicle. Mm. Yeah, I've had the same experience. I know uh, I've had a wrap that didn't last right and then yes. went somewhere else paid a little bit more money and it lasted much much longer so yeah there we go right we're almost out of time thank you very much tom wood and dara maskell from urban automotive for joining us on the program today really appreciate thank you, you coming and telling us all about it before we go i've got a question in on 4001 from ajit and perhaps imthishan you or uh, noel could answer this uh, when is toyota re- releasing their trd range here well, they've had it out for a while, actually. They just don't make a big noise about it. But to be honest, they're more concerned than bread and butter cars. So I wouldn't say it's something that's a big priority for them. It's more like accessory kits, etc. I know in the US they do TRD-86s, TRD other stuff, TRD ER4s. They come out here as one-offs or specials, but it's not a main priority for the dealer at the moment because the bread and butter cars just are so important. And people don't really want track performance cars from Toyota yet. They want to buy them like 86ers or Supras and maybe customize them on their own. They don't really want the dealers to do things. That's the current trend, but that changes over time. All right, that is pretty much it for today's edition of Motor Mania with me, Andrew Hosey, sitting in for Damien Reed. I'm guessing Damien will be back next week. I haven't been told, but I'm sure he is. Otherwise, I would have been down there in the rota. Noel Ebden, thank you very much for coming in. No problem. Imtashan Gado, thank you very much for coming in today. 
This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. 